the Dilf Hunters Network, um, the weekly show in which every week we search out the finest Dilfs of our area um, and then challenge them to one-on-one combat. Since these episodes will be released in December, it's Dilfs of Disney. Please submit in the comment section <laughs> below your favorite Disney Dilfs. Did you calculate? Is this coming out? There's no way that it's in December, these episodes. Is it really that far out, our backlog? We're recording this in February. It's got to be like... I pulled that completely out of my ass. I'm just yes-anding you in the cold open. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, damn, impressive. I like the work ethic we've Yeah. Got. I mean, we're doing something right, but it's not that right. We don't put effort into this. <laughs> we actually do. They, I, I'm going to cut you off there. We make a big thing out of not putting effort into it. But this is actually a fair amount of work, this podcast, with the recording and the coordinating and the editing. I think that we do a good job. And, you know, as we're coming in on the end of season one, I want to take a second to appreciate it. I mean, we'll do, like, our wrap-up, like, finishing things. But, like, going into this final set of episodes, um, I really like the show. And I think that we have done a really good job in season one. We've done a lot of characters that I really enjoy. We've made a lot of interesting critiques about media that I think are genuinely compelling, and um, we've had a bunch of guests on who have, I think, added a, a lot and given me a lot of new perspectives about things. I think it's a good show, and we have put effort into it. God damn it. Aw, oh, no one no one can see I'm smiling. Speaking of guests who've made the show better, Reggie, you're on again. Hello. I'm almost the you most remember frequent. Reggie. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. I was going to say, like, besides Kane, I think I'm, like, number two. Hey, talking about Kane, Devin, what's this episode about? Kane? Oh, I see what you did there. It's spelled different, but this episode, we're doing it, everyone. The thing we tease at the end of every episode, we're talking about professional wrestling. So, Original Podcast Doing a Steal is a weekly podcast in which every week Devin and I and possibly one other person um, uh, take some sort of intellectual property and we make an original character in that property. And for the last, like, 70-odd episodes, we have been uh, talking nonstop about every week we've ended with Devin tries to get us to talk about professional wrestling, but instead we don't. But today, uh, he does. He gets us to talk about professional wrestling. Um, and we have a new guest on every week so that every week I, who doesn't know anything about professional wrestling, can just like sit back and like play Slay the Spire or whatever while the other two talk. Um, and they can't see me because uh, we're doing this over the phone, so it's fine. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm going to participate. I would say, like, Amber, what what do you... Okay, what do you actually know about wrestling? Like, can you name a wrestler? Oh, my God. Amber watched okay, the I can... one episode of Avatar The Last Airbender that does a wrestling. <laughs> I have watched that episode, but not for, like, a decade. Um, God, yes, I can name a wrestler. Obviously, there are an enormous number of wrestlers who have made the leap to the big screen. And obviously, I know all the big ones, right? I know about John Cena, and I know about Dave Bautista, um, and I know about The Rock, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But, like, I definitely wouldn't say, like, if you named just, like, a wrestler in the world right now, I think I would be hard-pressed to know anything about any of them. But, like, I've picked up a couple things from Devin over the years, because Devin and I have been friends for... A long, long time now, and so like I know about oh uh, what B- Bailey Star is that her? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't even. <laughs> okay. Truly, <laughs> that's where I am. Okay. <laughs> Full disclosure: the last episode that I listened to through from you guys was the um like Hades episode and you call this horny little sluts and I was like oh and now I'm like oh yeah that's gonna happen again this episode great good 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 great (laughs) (laughs) wrestling is like a performance art form where um you have people pretend to fight in like a theatrical style and everybody makes a persona for themselves um and the line in between like that person's real life and their stage life is kind of intentionally blurred. So a lot of things that happen in a person's life can be incorporated into the show as a theatrical element, as part of the, um, the, the, the performance of it. And you have people who in storylines go up in uh, fighting matches against, you know, rivals or uh, like former best friends or like whatever else to make 
storyline. It's sports, but, like, more made up, but that means that they get to be more intentional and dramatic and goofy with it. And it's all fucking stupid and goofy on purpose, and wow. that's part of the fun of it. And they're, like, a bunch of different wrestlers. It is. Don't at me. Um, uh, <laughs> and there's... It's not a bad thing. It's fine. It's you said like they have a goofy tone, and that's like part of it. I heard the word "stupid" and immediately said, "Excuse me, Ak, excuse me." <laughs> I love a lot of stupid things. Thank you very much. Um, and um, there are a bunch of different wrestling networks, and they all have their own storylines and things and tones. And I don't know anything about any of them. Um, I think that's about the best description of wrestling that you're gonna get from me. That's about my the framework I'm working with here. Pretty good one. Yeah, that's a pretty good framework for what professional wrestling is and how it works. Thank Reggie, you. do you want to talk about wrestling? In general, or? Look, whatever you're happy with. Because I'm a nerd who can be like, well, if you want to know the start of professional wrestling as we understand it, we must talk about France because carnivals come from France. And the first professional wrestlers were carnival barkers who would challenge people in the audience to strongman fights. And it's, it's boring. There's a lot of history I know about wrestling that's boring and only super wrestling nerds, not even marks, like wrestling historian nerds who subscribe to The Observer to read back issues of Dave just talking the history of wrestling want to know about and that shit's boring. So Reggie. What do you know about? What do you want to talk about, buddy? Literally, as soon as you started that, I was like, wow, like, fucking tell me everything. So I guess that makes me <laughs> a wrestling nerd certified. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so when so my framework that I should probably start off with is I have not been up to date with, with wrestling for like a decade. So like a good solid 10 years. Because Vince McMahon is an evil piece of shit. And He's a demon. <laughs> actually, like, just the worst human being. That's the guy who goes, it was me all along, Austin, right? That's that guy? Yep, you got it. That's yes, the me. Yes, fucking killing it. Oh my god. You're doing great, Amber. Also, I'm doing oh. such a good job. <laughs> no, exactly. Everybody be proud of me. <laughs> um... No, so like most of the, so my favorite wrestler, um, anyone who knows me knows this, is the good old HBK, Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Um, because nothing I love better than absolutely cheering for a heel. So like, I know a lot of like late 90s and like early 2000s. And then when things get worse for WWE, because they were never good for the workers, when, like, they started to get really, really, like, oh, shit, did you know that wrestlers don't even have health care? I was like, man, I don't want to give them my pay-per-view money anymore. Fuck that. And then AEW didn't come out until after I had lost access to, like, TV. And so I never I never got back in. And so now I just rewatch old 90s wrestling matches and go, nice. Just like you would with like a good like a good recording of like theater. You're like, yeah, I really like this way. I like this performance of Ride the Cyclone because they did this one in Toronto. You know, like that kind of deal. Uh, Devin, hopefully you're way more up to date than I am. God bless. When JBL just beat the shit out of the Blue Meanie. Oh nice. God. <laughs> the the good old nineties. Share shots to the head. You could still like you could still bleed on your coworkers. And that was just a thing. Well, you can. Well, they're bringing blading back a little, mostly in AEW. Well, I don't know. Cody kind of left, and he was the big blader. But if, man, if Cody doesn't, oh, okay, okay, I'm, I'm doing the thing. I'm doing the thing. Uh, Do blood it. is coming back in a bigger way in more mainstream wrestling, and I am an enormous fan of death matches. So blood has never left. <laughs> Blood has remained a near constant in the wrestling I consume because, ah, oh, ah, oh, shout out, <laughs> shout out CZW. I fucking love death matches. So I guess it's my turn to talk about professional wrestling. And I remember the moment a wrestling fan was born in me. I was at Toys R Us with my mom and we were walking just in the toy section. Mom went, oh. Oh, oh th that's the NWO. And I went, what's that? And she <laughs> grabbed the little fake toy belt. And she's like, ah, oh, it was this thing where Hulk Hogan was evil. And they, like, took the belt and they spray painted NWO on it. Woo, New World Order, the best bad guys. <laughs> wow, they were all pieces of shit. <laughs> they all sucked. And I went, they fight for belts? And my mom went, yeah. 
I'll show you it sometime. And then I found out that Friday Night Smackdown played on the CW at like 8 o'clock. And I went, they fight for belts? This is the greatest sport of all time. And it's never changed from that. <laughs> that's how I entered. That's how I've left. It's the best thing in the world. I think my first match that I ever watched, I was like on accident because we had just gotten cable. And it was a bit surprising. Thank you, Amber. It was a Batista like fighting like John Cena. And I was like, yeah, actually, I think Batista should win this. And then he did. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, there's a little bit of a gambling angle in this. Awesome. And then the little gambling addiction part of my brain was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so every match, I'm just like, oh, I hope this person wins. You know, like putting your bet down in your brain because you can't bet fake things. Sad, um, but understandable because then money. We do too much sport betting at the office. I'm sorry, everyone. Um, But essentially that little part, that little serotonin receptor in my brain just lights up green. And also like watching a man get hit in the face with a steel chair. I don't know. Something primal inside of me is like, yeah, fuck yes. Or like, oh my god. I'm sorry, like, do you remember the Dudley boys, like, just randomly lighting tables on fire and then putting people through them? Yeah, get the tables, baby. <laughs> get the tables! Yes! <laughs> remember when Bully Ray Dudley was, like, a world champion in TNA and they took him seriously and he had his own factions and he was a world champion and then he came back to WWE and they're just like, put on the glasses! Do it! <laughs> Time hasn't moved! Put on the glasses, put on the suspenders, you're the nerd third, get back in the ring with your lighter fluid, you bitch. Yeah, I do, actually. If we're talking about Batista, then we have to talk about Devon Dudley, because there was that second where he was Reverend Dudley, and <laughs> Batista was his altar boy's the wrong word, but boy who carries the fucking, the little bowl you put the money in. <laughs> That's how Batista got his start. Really? <laughs> Weird. I mean, if you want, like, if you want, like, way back, actually, uh, Batista, along with John Cena, that whole set, they got their stuff in Florida Championship Wrestling under Jim Cornette, and Batista was the Leviathan, and he actually hated his time in Florida Championship Wrestling because his job was to be a strong man. He was like, well, this doesn't help me do anything character-wise. I'm getting in the weeds, but if we're talking about Batista for a second, Batista is my benchmark for why when anyone argues, like, pro 50-50 booking, like, loses don't matter, you're fucking stupid. You just are, and it's self-evident. I don't feel the need to get into it. But it's because my mom loved Batista, and then he would lose constantly, and my mom stopped caring about wrestling. (laughs) Yeah, actually, that's part of where I fell off, is they just kept making him lose, but they kept him top billing. And I'm like, what are we doing? Um, And so it's like not even actually burying him. It's just... I don't know. What is that? Like, you're just making him lose all the time. It's like almost making him a jobber, but not even. But like, then uh, why? I hate having to explain that if you book someone to be a loser, <laughs> their perception is that they're a fucking loser. It That's what makes the whole like McFoley thing such a frustrating thing is like they keep making he kept making these cool ass characters and then they would just like make him eat shit. And they're like, do you still like this person? And I'm like, well, now that you've made him eat shit for 10 weeks straight, not really. And then they'd have to he'd have to be a new character. And I'm like, what are we doing? Just let the fucking man win. We can't let him win. He's built funny, and he's got no front tooth. You can't, that man can't be your champion. He can't go on talk shows with, I don't know, Jimmy Fallon or whoever the f- I just, mm. Don't make Cactus Jack cool if you don't want me to root for him, goddammit. Make him suck more. I think that's my problem, is they make all the heels so likable for me that I end up- cheering on the heels and i'm like i can't tell whether this is because like i have the slytherin energy fuck uh you know fuck rowling or whatever but like i understand that i have an evil energy but like don't make if the heartbreak kid isn't supposed to be lovable why is he prancing in rhinestones to a song about how sexy is i'm not supposed to think that's fun i'm supposed to hate that like good for him i like the confidence yeah it's called homophobia. Gold. Oh shit! <laughs> Gold dust. That's probably why Remember I like Gold Dust in the nineties. 
I do. And I was like, Goldust looks awesome. Oh, my God. I'm just gay. Oh, and they made all the gay characters <laughs> heels. <laughs> no. Oh, God. That makes the Rikishi thing make so much more sense through that lens. Ugh. Ugh. Wrestling. Wonderful to stereotypes and minorities. Almost never. <laughs> and that's why none of the people I liked won is because they were minor. Oh, no. Yep, oh, Amber. Like I'm, not- POC. <laughs> I'm not sure I like wrestling as much, Amber. <laughs> and you know who wins big matches? All-American John Cena, who came back as the Marine. Oh, God. But the, the issue is I remember John Cena when he was like wearing the stupid padlock. And then they're oh, like, "Oh yeah, you remember no- the Doctor of Thugonomics?" Oh God! And have you ever listened to the rest of the album that he put out? Because it's bad. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good, but it is funny. Remember the album The Rock put out? <laughs> hey, that one a little better. Still mostly <laughs> funny. The greatest, the greatest singing wrestling thing will always be Kurt Angle parodying Shawn Michaels' song where he says, "I'm just a sexy Kurt." Oh. I'll make your <laughs> okay, like every time I mention liking Shawn Michaels, my like sibling Loki sends that to me because they think Shawn Michaels sucks, and I'm like, okay, okay, I get it. You don't like gay little cowboys who like to flex their muscles, must suck to not have fun. Anywho. I don't know, you guys. I am also homophobic, so this sounds great to me. <laughs> no! No! I would say, like, hey, Amber, how are you doing? Uh. I'm struggling with how much to um, cut you off here, because, I like, listening to this, I'm like, I don't know what they are talking about. I would tune out the podcast by this point, but I also know that most of the people listening to the podcast at this point probably do know something about professional wrestling and are probably getting more out of being like, yeah, I do remember the Rock's novelty album or whatever. Hopefully. Would you like to provide any structure or ask any pointed questions so that we can go into direction? Because Reggie and I will and can just be like, remember when this happened and then we'll laugh. I know and love this about you. So, ideally, the podcast is about making a professional wrestler um, at some point. And we're going to be doing three professional wrestlers today based on our three different guests and their three different vibes and interests. Um, And so, I guess the first thing that I would want to think about is, like, what kinds of wrestlers, like, exist on different, like, networks or whatever it is that different wrestlers exist on um and then think about like what attracts you to certain wrestlers what are things that you like about well before yes i will stay on topic but um to quote my coworker, um there's nothing more than a dude likes to do than remember the names of some other guys and that's what makes wrestling just man theater is because you're just like, yeah, I remember that dude. And you go, yeah, I do remember that dude. And that's like the only way that men communicate. Uh, so thank you for pointing that out. I thought that was a good thing that we should probably touch on just real quick. That's why whenever the, that's why whenever the ass boys say scissor me daddy ass, all the crowd in AEW goes, yeah. And then they do the fucking scissor hand <laughs> This is the perspective that I, as the lone woman on this episode, am bringing to the episode where I don't get it at all, the appeal of remembering a bunch of dudes. But I do very often go, hey, remember this movie or whatever. Um, And that can be a fun entertaining in its own way. So I, I sort of understand where you're coming from in that way. But like, as for like types of wrestlers versus different networks, I think the whole thing is you have to have a unique I just want to pause really quick. Oh. Sorry. Go for it. But Amber, you've been saying network the whole time. The word you're looking for is promotion. It's promotions. There we go. Thank you. Reggie, you can continue. No, it's like the issue is you have to have one of each type of person on every single promotion so that you can get maximum people watching. Or the other thing is you also have to keep it unique enough that you're not too close to somebody else who already has existed. 
And that's what, like, the 80s was a little weird because they didn't quite understand that. And so they're like, what if everyone was just macho, (laughs) macho man, and, like, wore the same kind of outfit? And everyone's like, I guess that's fine. And then you get into the more attitude area, attitude era stuff where, like, everyone is off the fucking deep end. And that's what pulled me in. And I was like, yeah, everyone here is out of their goddamn fucking mind. None of these shticks go together. And then you're making them fight. And I'm like, yeah, do it anyway. Like, oh, sure. JBL's a rich dude from Texas. Not really. Just a Republican. Um, And then like the Undertaker is like supposed to be a dead man. He came back. And they're like, what if they fought, though? And I'm like, yeah, what if they did make them hit each other? Maybe Devin has more insight, though. <laughs> hmm. More insight into wrestling archetypes. Well, to speak in the most broad strokes of what wrestling archetypes need to be is you have some bu- fundamentals of booking. You have a person the audience is predisposed to like, a baby face. You have a person mm-hmm. the audience is predisposed to not like, the heel. Always you set them up in a storyline that will result in conflict and if you have booked it successfully, people will be willing to give you money to watch them fake fight. So you need someone who is good, someone who is bad, and then you uh, find your flavor of chocolate somewhere in between that. It's John Morrison, John Morrison, a.k.a. Johnny Nitro, a.k.a. Johnny Mundo, a.k.a. Johnny Impact, a.k.a. Johnny Last Name. Love him. He's going to be in Creator Clash, <laughs> that thing where all the YouTubers fight each other, which just blows my mind. But he had a really great thing where when Stone Cold Steve Austin asked him what makes a baby face, what makes a heel, Johnny said the baby face gives the audience what they want and the heel takes it away from them. And Steve went, damn, that's good. How do you know what the audience wants? And Johnny went, well, if I knew that, I'd be a fucking success, man. That's the key to everything. (laughs) So yeah, once you find out what the audience wants or what they do not want, that's kind of your ticket in and how much of an off-the-wall character. Just depends, because like MJF, that's an AEW guy who's very successful right now. His character is just kind of asshole but he's like a real human being with emotions and gripes and things to talk about as opposed to someone like shark boy from tna whose gimmick was he was a shark boy actually no his gimmick was he (laughs) fell into a coma and he woke up doing a stone cold steve austin impression but replacing most of like steve austin's catchphrases with shark puns so instead of let me (laughs) yeah it was let me get a shell yeah and instead of beer, That's he'd get barely clam even juice. a shark pun. That doesn't even count. <laughs> he did a bunch of stupid ocean puns, and I hated it. Oh, no. That's, I mean, I kind of love to hate that, though. And I think that's the other thing is, like, a heel, like, you kind of want, like, you can't just not like the person, because then why would I watch? You have to make it fun for me to hate the fuck out of the person. Or at least for me. I don't know, when there was the feud between Shawn Michaels and Triple H, I mean, I already had my person, but, like, Triple H made it really, really fucking easy to hate him for that entire time where they weren't tag team partners anymore. And so when they were facing off, it was always like, yeah, I'm having so much fun because I love, love, love this person and I love to hate this person. And so no matter what is happening, I'm usually, like, I'm in. Like, 100% invested, oh, the person I hate got his face pounded in? Awesome. I'm invested in that. Like, Yeah, because there's a difference between good heat, heat, for anyone who's not familiar, is an audience's reaction, typically a boo. There's a difference between good heat and Xbox heat or go away heat. If you don't know, go away heat is the heat where it's like, I'm not having fun booing you. I'm having a genuinely awful time watching this show. Like... The Miz, I think, is some... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Like, no, fucking Baron Corbett has go-away heat. He shows up on my TV screen, and I'm like, I don't want to watch this. You're fucking... I'm alone. Well, shut up. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Yeah, like, or like like people who are just making it, like, awkward. I'm just like, no, you're just creepy. I don't like... But, like, The Miz has, like... I, I love to boo him. Like... There's the, did I ever send you the clip? He like politely asked somebody to motorboat her and she said, you see her like shaking her head yes and consent. And then he goes for it. And I'm like, yeah, I love this. I love this trashy frat bro. Cause he likes consent 
and being an asshole. But I also love to hate him because he's still such a fucking asshole. Did you ever see the build for Mrs. Feud with John Cena where all of the vignettes were Miz and his wife? I think Maurice, but yeah, Miz and Maurice pretending to be John Cena and Nikki Bella. I didn't! Oh my god. It was, it was fucking perfect. Every time the Miz went, rule of John Cena's house number 384, you will not ask John Cena when John Cena wants to get married. I lost my shit. Ah. Uh. Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry, Amber. We're just remembering some dudes. That's okay. You're remembering dudes. I understand. It's a sacred bro rite of passage, I guess. You want us to remember some ladies? Because my favorite lady currently I'm... is Bianca <laughs> Belair. And every she could do nothing wrong and she could step on my neck. Uh, bless her heart. Sure, I love ladies. Remember some ladies. Why not? <laughs> Honestly, Bianca Belair could do very little wrong. Uh, abs for days. Perhaps for days, and yeah, whip me. It's fine. Um, but also, like, she can lift other people <laughs> over her head, and that's also impressive. Definitely not horny. What just a good, just a good solid, because I love hardcore matches, and it's very hard to, when you go through a pile of glass, to have anyone in the audience go, ooh, I know what this feels like, and that's why usually... The thumbtack spot is the one at the end because we've all stepped on something sharp. So just getting whipped with someone's hair, I go, that's fucking disrespectful. Like, that just hurts. It it hurts without doing real, well, unless you're Bianca, obviously, with people who can sell. Then you're like, oh, there's no way. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I can believe that that actually hurt to the point of falling down. Sure. Like, I'm fine with that. Sell it, girl. Kyrie's... Shout out Kyrie saying she could do nothing wrong and she just got married to fucking evil from New Japan and I I hope they have like <laughs> just incredible wrestle babies. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I just well that's the other thing is like um there's this evolution over time. Maybe not in WWE as much, um, except what we had to pull out of them, like tooth and nail, like Suddenly women aren't doing, like, the panty matches anymore. Now they are actual wrestlers, and they can actually, like, win a belt. And the belt doesn't involve anything like a mud wrestling match. Um, so, like, and women... And the belt doesn't look like a tramp stamp. <laughs> it did, didn't it? Oh, God. Yeah, the butterfly belt was fucking garbage. Oh, I hated. Okay. I love to hate the 90s so much, because, like, and early 2000s. Because I'm just like, what were we doing? Oh, my God. Remember Beaver Cleavage? Oh, no. Devin. I, re- I remember. The gimmick was he wanted to fuck his mom. Thanks, Vince Russo. I'm not getting into Vince Russo. I'm not doing that on this episode. <laughs> we'll do that when Jimmy's here. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, Reggie, talk about Val Venus. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, Val Venus, another, in my opinion, great heel. I love nothing better than a man who's so into himself. So, Val Venus' whole shtick, which now, as an adult, I'm like, holy shit, what? Um, he came in, and he his whole thing was like, hello, ladies. And then, like, sexy saxophone as he walks to the ring in a towel. And then he picks definitely a plant out of the audience, and she pulls the towel off and faints or he kisses her and then she faints and it's like a whole thing and it's just so gross and also damn what a good theme song what a great entrance and like i again i can't hate him because he is built like a greek god and his whole shtick is that he's built like a greek god and he has the confidence and creepiness of one and i'm like well it fits i guess if it fits, it ships. I don't know. Oh, Val Venus. Val Venus. It's, the gimmick is that it sounds like Big Penis, and all of his feuds revolved around the fact that he'd make porn with your wife. And one time, he did <laughs> it. He tried to do it with a giant tie, and it resulted in him being tied up and kidnapped by the Yakuza. And the line that shall be uttered to out wrestling internet fans for eternity is choppy, choppy, pee pee. When oh, he tried to cut off Val Venus' penis, penis with a samurai sword. <laughs> memory of my life oh no um yeah if, in case you didn't know it uh it it's a little bit misogynistic amber who would have thought 
Um, I would have. Um, I mean, it's part of culture, right? So <laughs> we did go want to remember some dudes, and now we're talking about Val Venus's righteous penis. So in WWE, they were not good to women for a very long time because the company is run by Vince McMahon, who is a, a sentient sack of badgers perpetuated by his own hate for everything that is not himself and the accumulation of more wealth and suffering. <laughs> in character or out of character? Both! Both! Okay. Nothing is more satisfying than watching Vince McMahon, aka the boss, get in the ring and then get his ass handed to him. Nothing, like, if someone just clipped together every time Vince McMahon got hit in the face with a steel chair, I would watch it on repeat and that would give me visceral joy just to know. I'm like, I hope it actually fucking hurt. You dumb, awful, misogynist, racist, terrible piece of shit. So women, not respected for a long time in the WWE. And if you want to get, like, real big history, like the WWF with Bruno San Martino and all that shit, and you want to, and you want to talk about Fabulous Moolah, uh, we can do that. And there's an argument that, like, oh, women's wrestling was respected until Alundra Blaze went to WCW, dropped the title belt in the trash, and Vince McMahon said, this can never happen again. The point we're trying to make is that in the 90s, everything got specific, got d- definitively worse, and women were just uh, sexy eye candy to have bra and panties and mud matches this got a little better well wwe will try to tell you it got a little better in the 90s with lita and trish stratus and like they got to main event raw once but were they respected week to week and the answer is usually not really flash no. cut to women wrestlers are called divas there was a whole hashtag give divas a chance because a match between i want to say nikki bella and Paige went like less than 30 seconds and people were like these are talented women they can put on matches and so hashtag give divas a chance was born because also while this was happening just a lot of competent talented women in nxt were proving that you can do this thing and also the rest of the wrestling world at large had been proving it for years tna had famously put on entire women pay-per-views joshi is an enormous thing that's female japanese wrestling and it's wonderful everyone should go watch stardom if you just want to see women fight for their lives and kill each other in the ring i implore you to watch stardom it's fucking incredible yeah, that's a lot of words about WWE's history with women. Shout out Bailey, one of the best. Shout out Sasha Banks, who is currently who is currently breaking boundaries and about to have a women's match in New Japan, which is not a thing that's ever happened. Uh, shout out Paige. Shout out Emma. I'm just shouting out various women in WWE who are competent wrestlers. Shout out Rhea Ripley right now, who has an ongoing storyline wherein she is seduced to Dominic Mysterio, Rey Mysterio's son to the dark side, by being his dommy mommy. Because because she's part of our generation and uh, speaks in our horny internet parlance. I forgot about Dommy Mommy. You told me about that and I said, that sounds lovely. <laughs> <laughs> because I love wrestling and its stupidity. Wonderful sport. Amber, do you have any other questions that we can answer for a second and then remember more dudes being bros? So the thing that I want to do in order to make a wrestler... Um, is I would like to pick a promotion for them and then see what niche we can fill in that promotion. Does that make sense as a way to go? Sure. That makes sense. Reggie, you're only familiar with, like, WWE, right? Currently, but I'm semi-familiar with some AEW because I've still seen a couple matches. Like, I know who Orange Cassidy is. I know the shtick. I love the shtick. Thank God for Orange Cassidy. God bless him? I don't know. I'm an atheist. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry i don't know bless that freshly squeezed man freshly okay so squeezed. talk to me about wwe then and who is in there and what the like common factors are that is exclusively what we've been talking about so what the common factor of wwe currently is that no one has a goddamn personality and to make anyone interesting will take zero to no effort on our part because they're also putting in zero to no effort. So just to, just to be fair, because I can see the comments coming right now because Reggie hasn't been watching for 10 years, but everyone is inundated and in love with the Bloodline storyline. And it is, I think one of the highest praises was like, yeah, it's competent storytelling. It's a little basic and it's just characters with multiple layers and dimensionality. But WWE has been fucking me for so long. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot riding high with just Jimmy Uso and his relationship to Sami Zayn and Sami Zayn and his relationship to himself and Kevin Owens and the tribal chief Roman Reigns. So I do want to shout that out before anyone decides to at me in the comment section. I know. I'm aware. 
It's good. I was also tearing up when Sami Zayn got his hug from Jay and Roman at the end of fucking War Games. It was a beautiful moment. Sorry, everyone. The last time I watched modern wrestling was in 2020. And it's, uh, shit. Yeah, it kind of was bad. Sorry. I'm sure 20, maybe 2022 is better. 23. It is. God damn, what year are we in? Help. We we kicked Vince McMahon out for like a six month period. And it was good because Triple H proved he could, because NXT's fuck, it was fucking good. And he proved he could book. But anyways, Amber, WWE and its things, it's existed. For a very long time, again, dating back to the WWF and Bruno San Martino. And here's a fun fact. Is everyone familiar with Bruno Mars? Yes. Do you know the reason his name is Bruno is because his family are Italian, ergo they are enormous fans of one Bruno San Martino? That's a fun fact for everyone. Thank you. That's actually a really fun fact. Gotta tell the boys at work. And the boys will remember a dude. And we'll have such a good time. (laughs) Remembering that dude. Uh, Remembering that dude who is a bro? (sighs) Tears of joy. So when it comes to WWE and how they tend to have characters, I'm not I'm not going to talk about WWF, whatever. Uh, just WWE, um, there's like the Saturday morning sort of 80s era wherein there's the Hulk Hogan and promos don't make sense, but they're about passion and everyone has a job. They have a secondary occupation outside of wrestling like the Repo Man or the Garbage Man or who the fuck, Reggie, who got hung in the kennel from hell match big boss man who was a corrections officer right so you have a job and you wrestle for some other reason then there is like the 90s the attitude era where everyone's kind of a tweener everyone's a bit of a dick because stone cold was the biggest thing in the world and there are still things you can break down about like still code is a blue collar asshole who hates his boss And then you get into the Ruthless Aggression era. And as we've gone on, we've tried to introduce more of just people's real-life personalities into wrestlers. And again, that intentionally blurring the line between real life and fiction. Like that time where Lita, who was in a long-term committed relationship with Matt Hardy, cheated on him with Edge. And the boss went, what if we turned this into television? And everyone involved went, Okay, I guess. This sounds like a healthy workplace environment. Shout out to years later when the same thing happened with Joey Janela and he was just like, I don't want to make this a storyline. And Tony Khan went, you know what? You're correct. Let's not do that. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. That. Oh, Lita. Yeah. Oh, it, it's gone through a lot of like evolutions. And I just, I don't know. Just remembering, like, how much I like DX, and then going back and watching DX stuff now, I'm like, literally, what the fuck? I was, like, an eight-year-old. Why are we- why was I like this? (laughs) So you can go anywhere from, like, a ravishing Rick Rude, where the gimmick is he is a a sexy man with a big porn mustache, to, like, trying to think of a more serious WWE thing. Uh... To someone more serious than that. Either way, yes, there are people who actually, like, or, like, Kurt Angle, there we go, like, a literal Olympian who's like, yeah, I guess I'm gonna fake wrestle now. Okay, Kurt, pop off, King. Kurt Angle, who could have been in ECW, but then he saw one of their stupid-ass hardcore matches, and he was like, I don't want my family to see me do this. I'm gonna go drive a milk truck. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yeah. Everyone from um, Pennsylvania still is like, yeah, we have Kurt Angle. And I'm like, okay, good for you. (laughs) Kurt Kurt Angle is broken neck in that time. He walked up to Booker T's wife and said, I want to have bestiality sex with you. Oh, God. Thanks to try to explain to Amber. (laughs) I don't feel like that needs any explanation, actually. I feel like it's pretty clear what's going on there. Amber, what interests you what type of character would you like to see at wrestling because i think reggie and i will just keep going like this you will i'm aware um i was gearing up for it i am since i'm doing this three times i'm really trying to like lean into like who we have on as a guest star in that particular week to make my decisions and just like listening to what it sounds like reggie is excited about um so far and the things that we've talked about um, gay people yeah i mean gay people um goofy type wrestlers 
uh, heels. Am I right that that's sort of the general wheelhouse that we're working in there? Absolutely. Put some glitter on that bitch. Put some <laughs> glitter on that on that gay bitch. Um, Reggie, how probably... do you feel about Dalton Castle? Huh? How do you feel about Dalton Castle? I don't remember. Okay, Dalton Castle's an ROH talent, and I'll try to be as quick as possible. His gimmick is he is the Lord of Boys, and he runs on peacock power, and I own the shirt that has several peacock feathers and just says Lord of Boys, and it's wonderful. So he comes out in a one-piece leotard that's open from, like, chest to starting two abs, and he has his boys who are in thongs, and they have, like, little feather boas, like the fanny wave things, and Mardi Gras masks, and they fan him down, and occasionally he will have a throne made of said boys. And that's Dalton Castle. I love that so much. Good for him. Pop off, King. Now I feel like whatever my pitch was going to be has just been outdone. I don't know what I'm going to do that's going to oh. be more the thing that I was thinking than that is. <laughs> no, you're completely fine because there... I, no, I can't explain the hose storyline. It's not worth it. There's just so much you can do and the costume is so important to me and the entrance is so important to me and then the smack talk has to be immaculate. I want to, like, try to memorize, like, I want it to be so good that I memorize it to use in my own, like, daily vernacular. Like, that's how much, like, how good the insults need to be from a heel for me. I need to be personally hurt by what they have said, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, usually Persona is the best place to start, or at least that's what I found, because I have played a lot of WWE SmackDown Here Comes the Pain for PS2. Um, and you gotta make, you, like, you gotta make the persona from, like, this, like, first before you can actually get through to think about what the rest of the storyline is gonna be. So I always pick an outfit first. Or, like, something that would, like, or pick a name and then work from that backwards. Because it is actors acting. So it's more about the character than the person who's doing it, unless the person sucks at the character. Oh god, I'm just remembering the snake hand situation, and I'm just... Ah, <laughs> uh, you remember... <laughs> I was gonna say, remember Tyler Breeze, whose gimmick was he liked to take selfies? It's not a good enough gimmick! Ugh. He made it work. <laughs> Tyler Breeze got one of the only WWE matches to feature Jushin Thunderliger. How the fuck did that happen? Okay, so you were watching around a decade ago, right? Yes. So just trying to work within your timeline here. Um, when I think about um, the world a decade ago, and I think about um, gay shit and glitter... One of the first things that comes to my mind is what if we had a wrestler who's like intentionally trying to capitalize on doing a gay take on Twilight um, <laughs> where they're like, okay, they're going to do a vampire thing and their entire body is going to be covered in glitter. And everyone knows it's a Twilight reference, even though they're not saying it's a Twilight reference. Um, and <laughs> Okay, so why this is already great is because there was like the brood. So like vampire family has been a thing and like all good things are no all good things repeat all good things repeat like like kevin thorne who was a vampire in ecw wwe's ecw be specific like it's a it's a thing like i mean i figured there had been i figured there had been a vampire wrestler i was hoping i wasn't repeating anything with specifically someone who is covering their entire skin in glitter in order to do a twilight take but in a gay way <laughs> Yeah, Goldust technically was glittery, but he was just gold. So I think if we go for, like, the hollow taco kind of glitter effect, I think it could still work. Exactly. And the the brood was, like, very specifically, like, think, like, long leather jacket, like, what you think, like, blade kind of vampire. So if we're going, like, Twilight vampire, where it's just, like, a sparkly dude, like, I think it, it technically hasn't been done before. But it is still familiar enough that people aren't going to go, what the fuck is happening? Because it has to be just, just familiar enough. Okay, perfect. So, we have Dude covered in that kind of glitter, um, uh, whose character is that he is a vampire. Um, but he also is, like, wrestling exclusively with other dudes. 
and he keeps trying to like drink their blood in like what's clearly a horny way and the other dudes are not into it because it's kind of homophobic um and it's like oh. bad that the dude is trying to drink all of their blood and like get his mouth on all of their necks you know it's bad tm um but all the gay people in the audience are secretly really into it or not secretly really into it just really into it so what I'm hearing is that his finisher needs to involve people's necks. And, like, that's extremely workable. Extremely workable. Rikishi's whole thing was putting his butt on people's faces. Like, I'm sure we can make a vampire bite happen. Oh, God, we have to name the poor sucker. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, so, like, we're very clearly knocking off a of Twilight, but trying not to knock off of Twilight. So it has to be, like... Cadward Olin or like something very something obviously bad or like even if we're going like the Finley route where you're just like I don't know what's an Irish name Finley sure just smack that on him I'm hoping I'm hoping Devin has brain cells if we're making a WWE character one must remember always stereotypes oh yeah <laughs> they are evergreen always stereotypes what are we stereotyping? Gay people. Gay, okay, gay people. Or vampire. I just, like, Billy Gunn was a thing, but, like, I... Oh, oh wait, I have a lis... <laughs> Lispilastat. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> oh, I hate that WWE would do that, because they're so bad. No! Like, Lestat isn't even trying to change it. <laughs> I'm sorry. They literally had somebody named, Re like, his last name was Regal. And his whole thing was that he was British and fancy. Like, they don't really try that hard with the names. William Regal is a national treasure. I want nothing to the contrary. I didn't say I hate it. I just said it was lazy. But so am I, so it's okay. <laughs> I think Lispy Lestat is absolutely one of those too stupid not to do it sort of a deals. Oh, absolutely. None of that was me disagreeing. That was all me going, oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> WWE, what a sack of shit. They would do something just that bad. Just that bad. Oh, it's so good. He's sparkly. He's a vampire. He has a neck finisher. What else does a wrestler need? <laughs> an entrance? He does need an entrance. I think that he needs to walk into something that's super supposed to be underground and goth, but is actually definitely not. So, like, he's like, oh, you've probably never listened to, like, Joy Division, you know? Like, that kind of stuff. Where it's just like, bro, everyone in their entire, everyone and their brother has listened to Joy Division. Literally what? Like... I don't know. So he's like walking into transmission thinking no one's ever heard the song in their entire life. Yeah. Because what, what was Edward Cullen besides a huge piece of shit? Hot take. Sorry, everyone in the comments. Joy, that's not hot. It's, that's the, it's the correct take. take. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the take everyone has. I. You said Joy Division, and my first instinct was like, no, let's go more basic. Well, he comes into The Cure. Everybody's heard The Cure, but then I was like, no, no, no. I think The Cure might actually counterintuitively lend it some, like, class um, that we don't necessarily want. How about, like, some Prodigy? Because it still has to be, like, intimidating. Oh, my God. And it has to be douchey, but it also has to give vampire That's vibes. Era. So, like, just throw, yeah. just throw some Firestarter on it and call it a day. Absolutely. <laughs> he just walks into the, like, the beginning, like, doo -doo. I don't, I can't, guys, I can't sing. I was going to try to, try to hum you Firestarter. I don't, I can't. But you, you guys know it. It's fine. It's the one Prodigy song, you know. <laughs> um, I actually mostly know the one that was in the original trailer for Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Of course. Oh, God, I forgot who I was talking to. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. <laughs> Uh, that was our last episode, actually. We just did the Scott Pilgrim episode. I'm so excited. I hope that the whole entire point is that Scott Pilgrim's an asshole, because we're all adults and we finally figured that out. It definitely didn't take me well into my 20s. <laughs> That's normal. <laughs> Yikes. 
How presumably we need to know something about the storyline of this character, his motivations maybe. Yeah. I don't know how deep the rest the characterization of the wrestlers usually gets. Not super. Like the Hardy Boys, like you know what their thing was? Ladders. I'm sorry, the Hardy Boys? Like the like from Nancy Drew, like the Hardy Boys. Um no, so no, I don't they're also from Pennsylvania, right? I'm hoping for Devin on this one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're Pennsylvania boys. Yeah, because everyone in Pennsylvania is also like, yeah, well, like, my, like, uncle's cousin uh, went to the high school with Matt Hardy. And you're like, sure he did. Uh, kind of a thing. It's the it's the Kurt Angle effect where everyone's like, well, he's from our state in real life, and therefore he is our wrestler. Thanks. And you're like, okay. So to answer Amber's question, the Hardy Boys were two extreme dudes in the 90s who came out in, like, mesh shirts and fishnet shirts. Good for them. And they were extreme! And they wanted to jump off of tall things. And they were literal brothers. Yeah. Unlike fake brothers, Edge and Christian. Correct. Who were in The Brood, which Reggie brought up earlier. Yes. The Brood. Honestly, I love Edge. And Edge has also very unsuccessfully tried to start acting and I, it's probably... Oh, he was not Oh, it. it was probably one of the worst movies I've ever put into my eye holes. And I have seen a lot of bad movies. He was in Highlander. Oh, fucking which, which Highlander was he in? <laughs> if anyone on this episode is going to know which Highlander dev, it's going to be you. I cannot help you. It's, it's me, yeah. <laughs> Join us next season for the Highlander episode, probably. No, next season's Gem and the Holograms, because it's about you, nerd. No, I mean, like, sometime during the season we'll do it. Ugh, I make no promises. I once walked with Devin for two hours, and I think uh, an hour and a half of that was just him telling me about Highlander. (laughs) And it's still one of my best, like, functional, like, memories of friendship, because I was like, yes, tell me more. He was, like, Devin, the passion that you put into that conversation... I knew nothing, and I was like, yes, tell me more about Highlander 2. <laughs> the worst Highlander. <laughs> it's High- he was in Highlander Endgame, the one where Duncan fights Goddard, and no one is happy about it. He was also in one episode of The Flash where he played Adam Smasher and got two lines, maybe. He's really bad, unlike Batista, who has actually made the successful transition. So I want to give Listbylistat, I'm cutting you off, I'm cutting you both off. I want to give Listbylistat, um, uh, like, some kind of a storyline, like, some face that he has a spat with, or, like, some sense of what a storyline with Listbylistat would look like. Mm, Who's a good face? I don't like any faces, Dev, so I might need your help. Okay, I'm trying to think of, like, your 90s, early 2000s era, so this is, like... God... Goldust gets his WrestleMania match with Rowdy Rowdy Piper, and the gimmick is the crowd are going to chant faggot at Goldust. <laughs> so, like, Oof. let's go like let's go like 2010 era then. Like, let's pick it later. Oh, hot rod. Okay, so we're doing Ruth. Ruth's aggression. We got John Cena. The SmackDown Six are doing hot. Um, I don't think Lispy Lestat would fit in with SmackDown, so probably Raw. Mm-hmm. So we've got the Reign of Terror with Triple. Okay, we've got the Reign of Terror with Triple H. So Lispy Lestat is a little mid card jobber who does homophobia, and the crowd are like, "No, stop it! Oh, bad!" And through uh, his vampiric powers, he is able to win a few things or either scare his opponent. He gets into a tournament and he either, through his vampiric shenanigans or scaring his opponents from away from wrestling, he gets a shot at tri- Triple H's big gold fucking belt. And because it's Triple H's reign of terror, he's not going to win. But now Lispilistat finally has a challenge. He has something he can throw his all into. And what is his all? It's a big fucking burly man. The biggest burliest man of all time. Triple H at the peak of his fucking and roids and lispy Lestat's so excited to take a big bite out of those pecs that don't quit baby but you know who's upset his wife fucking stephanie mcmahon and again because it's a twilight we do a love triangle bam i found it <gasps> oh my god with stephanie mcmahon that's really good that's really good i mean like yeah and like stephanie mcmahon's character is kind of not bella level plain but like not super thought out and so I think it still fits. 
Because you're like, okay, she is brunette and she is the she is a daughter. Awesome. And that's all they gave her. And I'm like, okay. Until, obviously, like, later. It is a pretty neat little parallel there, then. And then, like, there's also the bit where, like, Jake, like, actually, Jacob wasn't better, but, like, if you have to choose between the two, I guess. Also, apparently, I'm coming out as Team Jacob on this podcast. Dear God. Um, I'm actually Team Bella Stay Single, but I, it's not helpful here. Um, but, like, Triple H has, like, is, like, the bigger, more aggressive dude out of the two, and so you're still getting, they're playing off that Twilight good, good storyline bullshit and it's just as stupid as the original movie, which is what we want. I love stupid storylines. Yum, 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 yum. We can do the thing. We can do the thing where Randy Orton handcuffed Triple H to the bottom ring and made out with an unconscious Stephanie McMahon. But Maybe you know, less, less creepy. creepy, please. Um, I'd like to put my hand up and say less creepy, please. <laughs> Ugh. He's a viper, Reggie. He's got voices in his head. Oh, God. I forgot. You're bringing up all of these buried memories that I didn't want. I. He punt kicked. His gimmick was he punt kicked retired wrestlers in the fucking temple. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's just. It's, it's just that sound clip from Two Best Friends where he goes, I'm going to beat that shit out of this old man with his own crutches. That was Randy Orton for like three years. I, Randy Orton was the worst. Ugh. Well, hey, but that means that, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, Amber. <laughs> now I'm just remembering Wait. dudes that I don't like. And now I'm having sadness. Oh, I'm sorry. We really fucked this up for you, huh? Uh-huh. Ugh. But you love heels, and Randy Orton's such I a heel. I think the issue is I like heels that are dressed cute. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I like them to have a good fit and a bad attitude. Um, you know. What is Lispy Lestat's fit? Ooh. Well, the brood went all black, so if we're doing, like, the vampire, I think he has to either go red or gray. So that he doesn't 100% match. So we're probably looking to stay away from that color scheme. So we have to lean into the Edward Cullen sad grays, I guess. But we can't just put him in a sweater because you can't wrestle in like, I don't know. How do you make this? You say that, but don't you remember one Kerwin White, Chavo Guerrero's character, wherein he played a white man? Oh, God. Oh, God, Devin. I do. The polos. Yeah, you do. The golf cart. Yeah. No. Remember his catchphrase, Reggie? Reggie, do you remember his catchphrase? No. Do you remember it? No, Devin, I can't. (laughs) If it ain't white, it ain't right. No. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I'm like, I can't be the one to say it on this podcast. Please don't put me out like that. Oh, my God. The fucking... The best moment was when fucking King and JR, King's trying to sell this stupid fucking gimmick, and he's like, look, it's Kerwin White! It's Kerwin White, JR! JR just deadpan goes, or you can call him Chavo Guerrero, because that's his fucking name. <laughs> no patience for that bullshit. So let me offer you an alternative to sad Edward Cullen Grays, as we can still do grayscale but make it, like, more flashy if we do, like... Like, his whole body's covered in glitter, right? What if we also had, like, silk shirt? Like, a button-down silk shirt that's always totally unbuttoned. Oh. Um, and then, like, black pants, maybe even suspenders in black to, like, contrast with them. I'm picturing, like, a Mr. Darcy without his coat on right now, and, like, I'm... <laughs> but, like, I, I can see it, and I think it... As long as he doesn't do, like, the Matrix leather coat, I think it would work, because between when the brood was a thing and when 2010 like, to 2013 or whatever the fuck year, um, I think there's been enough time that people will have forgotten the exacts of the costume minus the pirate shirt. So if we stay off of the pirate shirt level, I think it'll be fine. No collar. 
because I think like we can't no ruffles because then people will go is this just the brood again no no ruffles except I would love no I was thinking fairly modern with it oh yeah we should because oh god then it's giving like it's giving Christian Grey (laughs) okay but the shirt is like silk like it's gayer than Christian Grey I know, but I just realized how much it works, and I'm just so sad. I can't believe that was a fanfic. Uh, okay, I'm back. Um, emotionally, <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> no, I I completely yeah. Like, give this man just like some plain ass clothes, and let all of his promos be him being like brooding. Cause like, isn't that the whole thing? Is just Edward going. <sighs> blah, 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 blah. Can we give him red contacts while we're there, or possibly like amber contacts, like whatever the most vampire-y hottest kind of contacts we can give him? Absolutely, we give this man contacts. Which of those colors do we think? I think the gold, just so it's unique. <laughs> so, let's be the stat. What else does he need to feel whole, or are we kind of there? I feel honestly pretty close to there. Because, like, for a wrestler, it's all about the smack talk. So, like, once he has the persona, he just has to keep smack talking his way through the rest of things and making sure that he's selling whatever moves he's putting. So, I... His stupid catchphrase is, you don't suck, I suck. (laughs) Oh, my God. Devin, I love you. You're a fucking genius. Somebody give this man a job. That's the worst thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I'm in awe. This is going to be so different when we get to the episode with Jimmy, and I get to be like, so Jimmy, remember the the progress storyline with Jimmy Havoc, wherein Jimmy Havoc was self-loathing, was so undeniable and pulsating that when he won the title in progress, the fact that it didn't change him and make him happy with himself, he didn't know how to process that, so he took that hate and turned it external and decided he was going to kill progress since it couldn't make him happy. It's just going to be a different time (laughs) when we cover other parts of the wrestling world. That's why we're doing multiple episodes on it, because there's so many parts of the world that we're starting with the goofiest one we can possibly come up with, and then later we'll do one of the stat has a shirt that says, you don't suck, eyes. Oh, absolutely. It's just everyone, everyone with, like, pictures of his face on their little poster board saying, I suck too. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> He's got the suck section. Yeah, okay, so my favorite podcast, um, they, um... Is Hey Riddle Riddle slash you guys. Wow. Um, <laughs> wow. I'm. <laughs> um, okay. But like their whole thing is they have, they have like the fuck section at their live shows. And you just, I'm like, <laughs> just saying people will call themselves the suck section. If given the opportunity, if nerds like me with a full ass master's degree will call themselves the fuck section, you know, I'm like, yeah. I'm the fuck section. So, Devin. That's always been true about you. Oh, well, yes. Thank you, everyone. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, But, like, Devin, you're a bloody genius. Get it? Bloody vampire? I do. Thank you. Uh, Lisby Lestat teams up with Al Snow. (laughs) (laughs) Because, do you remember Al Snow? Barely. Oh, my God. had a severed mannequin head and his promos would often just evolve into going what does everybody want and then the crowd would chant because his severed head was named honestly it works are we it's it's horny enough for wwe and it's stupid enough for people like me to go yeah that's good yeah Buy me the I suck shirt. Are we? I feel like we're at one foot back to peace. We're right? at one foot back to peace. <laughs> oh, God. I think my fun fact is going to be that they keep him from Forks, Washington for his entrance. So usually, Amber, they go, and now entering the ring at 180 pounds from Forks, Washington. Lispy Lestat, and then boom, entrance song. You know? So I just think that it would just be fun to keep it being, like, exactly the same fucking city 
just to like not even try to make it different at all. My fun fact is that on the independent scene to get noticed, Lispy Lestat played like a really serious character struggling with addiction called like, I don't know, Baron Draxum. Uh, and when he got to WWE, a bunch of like wrestling observing subscribers and internet wrestling fans on the message boards were like, I can't wait. He's so good. And then he gets called up and he's fucking Lispy Lestat and... <laughs> No one who knew him beforehand is happy about it. Oh, absolutely. Blow those chats up with anger. <laughs> I think staying consistent with the idea of Lisby Lestat as a guy who does this in the interim, but ultimately does have aspirations of making, like, important art TM. Um, I think that after he leaves wrestling, right, because it's been a couple decades since his really big um, time in the ring, um, and at some point, he you know he doesn't ever get quite get the popularity he leaves. And I think that afterwards he makes a like a small career for himself, um, uh, making like folk music with a small but dedicated fan base. <laughs> I love, yes, yes, Amber, give this man just, a like, good totally ending. Like out of character, the dude just moves on. Oh, usually they just turn into libertarian politicians. Hi, Kane, you're the mayor of Forks County. Ugh. God, there's a disturbing amount of Republican um, pol politicians who used to be wrestlers, actually. Oh, God. Closing bits. We've hit our finisher and someone's down for the three count. Amber, how do we close episodes? Um, well, usually I say join us next week when Devin tries to get us to talk about professional wrestling, but instead we talk about the other thing that we talk about. But, um, uh, instead... Um, hi everybody, my name has been Amber Autumn, she, her. I've been Prince Devin, he, him. And I've been repeat guest Reggie, um, he, him. Join us next week when, uh, Devin successfully gets us to talk about professional wrestling. Um, our theme music is by Kyle Alicia, whose work you can find at therealragnarok.bandcamp.com. I don't know. Reggie, would you it. like to plug anything? Yeah, plug, plug, plug your shit. Um... I don't have anything pluggable currently that isn't artwork that's hanging on a wall in New York. Um, but I will say, there's this crazy good podcast I've been listening to, right? And it's like something original podcasts do not... Oh, I can't remember the rest of it. Um, either way, listen to this podcast more often, peeps. You see, when you said good podcast, I thought you were going to say a more civilized age to Clone Wars podcast, because that's actually a good show. <laughs> they have a Patreon, just like us. And if you subscribe to our Patreon, you can help me live out my dream of one day monetizing my friendship. Um, uh, good, good night, and good luck finding all of your best DILFs. Good night. Good, no, good, goodbye, and good night. Mwah. Bang! That's a wrestling reference no one else gets. Okay, bye. Goodbye. <laughs>